Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk shoes. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. Corey Romero, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Eric. Yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's the first time I've actually said 2022 to anyone, I think. So, wow, there you go. <laughs> I haven't said it yet either. I guess it's 2022, so we'll both just do it. I have been doing budget stuff, right, with 2022 all over the place because uh, VMware's new year, new calendar, uh, fiscal year starts February 1st, so we're just getting through the end of the quarter, the end of the year, and so, you know, there's a lot of planning going on, but I haven't had a chance to say it. So, Corey, how was your holiday break? It was great. It was much, much needed. Um, had a great time with the family. Spent actually all the time with the family. Um, so just had an amazing time. Just a much needed, um, you know, break and catch up on some rest. All right. Well, on the show today, guys, we're going to be talking to Jotten. Oh, now I even forget how to say his name. There it was. I had it, but now I don't. Uh, Jotten, welcome to the show. We'll get to you in a minute. Uh, you can tell us how you say your last name. Uh, Jotten, or I know I'm saying it wrong, but Jotten is a senior technical manager, cloud products business unit for vSphere. Uh, so we'd like to have him on. We're going to be talking about Power CLI. Uh, there's a new release of Power CLI out, and uh, you know we're all Power CLI fans here, uh, especially for the VMware Code program. So we're going to talk to him about his his uh, blog article talking about what's new in 12.4 and just talking about uh, power CLI in general. So, but before we get to Jordan, let's uh, Corey talk. Um, did this, uh, Santa Claus uh, visit your house? And if so, did he, did he bring you anything or were you just a bad person all, all year? <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus, Santa Claus visited and, uh, you know, brought, brought myself and rest of my family. Uh, some great stuff for sure. Anything yeah, interesting? Uh, not, not really. You know, I've got a, got a bunch of clothes, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, got a little bit of candy here and there, and uh, that was really it. You know, uh, we, we, we tend to just give ourselves smaller gifts, my wife and I, right. and then we tend to, you know, just go big with our kids. Um, so that's what we did this year. There you go. Uh, Santa Claus brought me uh, NVIDIA 3090. Uh, graphics card. <laughs> Let me tell you, that thing is a beast. It is a beast, right? And you might be asking, where did I get my hands on with such a such a thing? I said, well, uh, I pointed Santa Claus at eBay and said, just go bid whatever you need to do to be able to acquire that thing. <laughs> so like, I'm gonna go look at the list of solds. Right, right exactly. I'm just curious. So, somewhere in north of three thousand dollars for that for that thing. I think Santa Claus had to pay. So it was not, I did not get a deal. I did not know anyone. I actually know people that work at NVIDIA and uh, I did not do that. So, so yes, I have an 8k television that then the, that the 3090, the NVIDIA 3090 card can drive full game resolution at 8k. So, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's just what we do in our house. We game uh, quite a bit. Uh, and then Santa Claus brought me a one of those basketball competitive games, you know, where you have two hoops and a little cute little thing you shoot. We used to have one of those before, and it, it got destroyed, and so now we have one of those again. So we get to nice, that, nice. That I do remember seeing that in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those and, uh, are fun. Yeah, those yeah. are fun. You'll have to let me borrow your uh, your gaming card for do some mining. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can do. You can do that. You can do that. We're. we're I'm sure. <laughs> mining is not worth it, but certainly, um, you know, you'd never get your money back on that card. But gaming for sure on 8K. All right. Well, let's get on with the show. Uh, holiday. I guess any kind of news uh, we got coming into the the beginning of the year here. 
Yeah, the only news I have is for V experts. So we've got some V expert um, um, applications open. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, if you want to know about the V expert program, you want to go apply. You can also go to blogs.vmware.com/slash. The expert. You can go read the article. Um, applications did open on December 6th. They are closing on January 14th. So you've got nine more days to apply. Um, we're going to announce the award applications, uh, the, the applicant awards, um, on February 18th. So that's what I have for news. Nice, nice. I know that uh, VMworld is, you know, going to open up Reg. No, nothing, uh, nothing there. I think everything else is uh, steady as she goes. Uh, we're getting ready for the next year. VMware code sessions. We're spending a lot of time planning for next year, and uh, we should be jumping into it. We still got to close our year. So, guys out there that are helping us close deals for the end of the year, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot for doing all that work. And uh, all right, let's get get on with uh, Jotten. Jotten, how do you say your last name? Welcome to the show. We always start out with a little introduction and you can tell us about yourself, but uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Corey. Uh, this is Jatin Purohit. So that's how I pronounce my name. Um, I work with technical marketing team at uh, CPBU. Uh, until 2021, I was primarily responsible for the core vSphere platform. So anything that you can think about uh, vSphere stack, be it the lifecycle manager, be it the install upgrade, I was responsible for uh, that, that side of the world. Uh, starting with the new year, I have also got a new role, and now I'm part of the public cloud tech marketing team, where I will be uh, leading the Oracle Cloud as well as the uh, Ali Cloud VMware solutions. So that's what I, I at this point of time, uh, like like most of us, I, I have also started as a system administrator, um, and then uh, that's where I, I started, you know, getting into Power CLI, PowerShell, and then VMware Windows and Active Directory were the uh, technologies that you know I have started working on. Um, so, from a system administrator, uh, I have worked in the uh, product engineering space where. Uh, I was basically responsible for some of the um, DR-related products and then gradually moved into VMware and then started uh, working on the tech marketing space. So that's what I do, and yeah. that's what I come uh, from. All right, a couple just uh, questions to drill down uh, on you know your career arc and stuff. So one, where do you base yourself? Are you in the, in the, the U.S. and in, in a state? Are you international? Where, where, do you, where do you live? I'm based out of India. Uh, and to be very precise, I'm based out of Pune, which is like uh, 180 or 200 kilometers down to Mumbai. So that's that's where I'm from. All right. All right. Well, thank, thanks for joining. I, what what time is it out there? It's 9.15 to be very precise. In the evening? Or in the, yeah, in the yeah. evening. 9.15 in the evening. All right. Well, we're doing special time recording. Normally, we record always live yeah. at 12. But uh, to catch you, we wanted to get you here live. And so, Fed, thanks for being here uh, in your evening. Uh, okay. So that's one question. The second question, how long have you been at VMware versus uh, the rest of your career? So I have uh, seven years of experience. Um, I'm with VMware for like 18 months now. Uh, I would still consider myself uh, pretty new to the company, but yeah, pretty pretty much settled into the organization now. Very good, very good. Well, that's a it's nice. I, I don't know if that makes that makes you a midterm person. Some, somewhere I heard <laughs> that if you looked at all the people, anybody considered longer than four years of VMware would be considered an old timer, right? So uh, nice yeah. to nice to have you on. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, PowerShells. Uh, so you you wrote some PowerShell uh, when you were. Um, at your other companies, right? As an administrator, yeah. right? Automation. We all know what PowerShell is here. If you're listening to this show, you, you've probably written plenty of PowerShell yourself. Uh, and then because you're in the CP, CPBU, uh, you you managed to install uh, other, other elements of the core product, uh, which then got you into PowerShell a little bit, right? Exposure to that. Um, tell me what... What has your been been your experience over the last few years with regard to PowerShell and and you know getting to program manage part of that that product? So I think uh, let me start with uh, the PowerShell first, and then probably we will jump into the Power CLI. Okay. So in simple, uh, PowerShell is basically a CLI environment uh, which also has got programming construct. Yeah. And 
these programming constructs constructs are like data structure functions class and object and things of those nature uh, with these construct you can easily create the scripting uh, of, of your own choice and automate the task that you want to automate yeah. uh, in nature it's it's imperative when i say imperative it means that it is you who has to decide how that particular task is going to be achieved right uh, for example if you consider something like terraform uh, which is mostly a declarative uh, programming construct where you basically decide what you want to achieve and then terraform executes and provision uh, the environment for you now if you compare this this to something like powershell powershell has got a wide variety of use cases right and i always say that powershell is something which is a system administrator's tool uh, it is not a tool that software developers or software engineers are looking to use uh, it is the system administrators that are the primary audience for uh, using this particular tool uh, when i have started uh, my career as a system administrator uh, i had some of the challenges in terms of the administration in terms of the reporting in terms of logging monitoring and things of those nature so to solve those particular thing i find powershell to be one of the closest tool that you know you can easily use and create your own solutions on top of it the good thing about powershell is that whether you work for windows whether you work for linux whether you work for active directory or in a vmware technology powershell has got module across all the technology stack yeah. uh, and so interesting is that you know if if you are into the compute network storage stack then also you have got right. coverage in in those areas as and, well and and most of our listeners know you know we've we've had powershell on our show many many times so all 5000 people that download every week probably yeah. you know they know all this right so yeah. the question i have for you is you know when you started to get involved with it from uh, the back end perspective from program management perspective how do you guys determine what new features to put in what's what's your exposure do you ever get customer visits do they ever come to you and talk to you about you know like what should go in next how do you prioritize what you're going to be putting in there you know, working in power cli so there are uh, plenty of mechanism through which we decide what should go into the productization so the first thing is we have a public dashboard which is aha.powercli.io uh their community can you know put in their request and uh, submit what they want to uh, see in the next power cli release our team continuously monitor that particular space and this particular uh, feature and they want to act on that particular feature uh, another source of uh, information is obviously the uh, community uh, communities.vmware.com/powercli uh, we have a very huge and active community over there so people tend to submit their request through uh, that particular channel as well and also there are times when you know internal customers like internal bu uh, field uh, they also submit their request with the powercli writing so these are some of the mechanism through which um, we basically you know pick up the uh, feature request and then uh, prioritize those particular feature requests but on on top of that the way uh, powercli team works is they basically uh, keep an eye on different development that that are happening in other product space like vsan vsphere nsx and they basically understand okay this is the feature that is coming in next particular release uh, we have to do something about it and they pick up their uh, feature request according to uh, the work which is happening in the other product we use as well so these are some of the ways in which you know we pick and choose uh, which feature we want to work on yeah so just to really reiterate that aha and uh, if you could restate the aha url again just so that we can get that twice uh it is aha.powercli.io right aha.powercli.io you haven't used aha before it's kind of a vote up vote down kind of platform that you can yes. go and put in ideas and yes. the community can come in and uh, vote on that so that's cool obviously the community powershell uh, on communities.vmware.com uh, go there and then uh, it makes perfect sense that of course you guys are following new features and then you have to build you know libraries in uh, power cli that support new features that are coming out through in the in the products right and do okay. you guys deal with like obviously vsan uh, network and 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 esx uh, all products uh, you're 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 constantly canvassing them to determine what libraries to build next yes 
absolutely. Uh, for example, recently we have uh, released vSphere 7, and one of the key highlights with vSphere 7 was obviously the vSphere Lifecycle Manager. Uh, if you look at the vSphere Lifecycle Manager, then you have got the complete coverage with Power CLI. You have got all the CMDLets that you need to uh, basically use for the ESXi Lifecycle Management. So yeah, there, there you have got the coverage for Power CLI. Nice. Where is the Power CLI team these days? Are they in India? Are you near the engineering team, or do you just work globally on things with everyone? Um, they are in Sofia. Um, the entire team is based out of Sofia, and uh, I'm I'm just working out of India, so uh, I, I still consider it it's pretty close. <laughs> what What is Sofia? Sorry, tell me that uh, accurate. What is Sofia? Sofia is basically a city in Bulgaria. Um, that's where Power CLI team is basically located. Okay, in India. Um, okay, right. Not not in India. Uh, it's it's in Europe and in, in Bulgaria. Oh, Bulgaria. Okay, that's what I was getting at. It's like, where is the Power CLI team these days? <laughs> so they're in Bulgaria. You work remotely with them out of India. So global environment here at VMware. So that's that was what I was looking for. So okay, so Bulgaria. You deal with the time zone changes there. I bet that's uh, that's an interesting <laughs> one. Uh, and then you're you're driving features. And now you're moving on to cloud and Oracle Cloud and that kind of stuff. But uh, interesting yes. engagement. Okay, so good. Then they they. They build things. So uh, this gets now us back to your blog, right? Um, which you know came up on the radar. Obviously, you've got a blog out there, and it's not your own blog. It's just the Power CLI blog, uh, which we should mention is blogs.vmware.com/slash/powercli, uh, and then your blog is out there 2021-09, which means you wrote it in September, I would assume. Power CLI-12-4-4. What's dash new dot html just go google that one uh and i will yeah. put it in the uh in the chat on the youtube comments right now so people can go find that so let's talk about your blog how much how much how often do you write blogs um it's quite frequent uh, uh not not specifically on power cli but i do write stuff on vsphere as well and then uh, moving forward public cloud as well but yeah it's it's like once in a month or twice in a month that's quite regular for us to you know publish the blog uh, when it comes to power cli i mostly write whenever there is a new release of power cli and if we want to you know uh, tell what's new with with that particular release that's when we basically push out the power cli blog uh, for vSphere, uh, again, it's the same thing. Whenever there is a new release for vSphere, uh, you will find plenty of uh, technical content on blogs.vmware.com as well as on code.vmware.com. Uh, but with vSphere, uh, there are times when you know we want to deep dive into some of the technical bits of the, some of the features. Then you find that apart from the release, there are blogs coming out here and there just to explain the uh, techno technical concepts and, and the new features. So that that's kind of a frequency that, you know, we or, or my team writes the blog on, on, on some of these platforms. Right. So how long has 12.4 been out? Uh, it's like uh, four months, and we already have uh, 250K downloads, which is quite good in numbers. Uh, we, we have received a good response from the community because uh, when, when we look at the uh, release and, and when, when we look at the deliverables, but some of the API bindings that we have released with PowerCLI 12.4 is something which has, uh, you know, catched the eye for most of the community members. So, yeah. 250,000 download is, is quite a good number for me. Right. All right. Well, Good to know. Let's talk a little bit about what people get exposed to. I think there's, uh, we're looking at your blog, you just start out with some of the major stuff is uh, the, the REST environments and the REST API. So why don't you yes. take us through that a little bit? Yeah, before I uh, get into the REST, uh, let's quickly discuss some of the APIs uh, that we have in, in our products, uh, especially in vSphere and some of the products around it. Um, if you are familiar with the uh, with our products, then you have different API interface. To begin with, you might have SOAP API interface. You may have a vSphere API with JSON RPC, and then uh, you have uh, the REST APIs. Uh, one can argue that why can't VMware have a uniform single API interface for some of these products? Well, the fact is each of these API interface has something unique 
to offer, right? Uh, for example, if you consider SOAP, uh, it's very structured, it is very uh, organized, and uh, it is very compliant with uh, with with some of the web service uh, standards that that we used to uh, get. Uh, so when when you talk about compliance and security, then SOAP API has some of the built-in feature uh, then and there itself. If you compare this to REST, um, REST is more of an open, uh, more of a loosely coupled uh, API structure where developer has more flexibility in terms of what they want to get out of these particular APIs. So clearly, each and every API has their own uh, pros and cons. And we at VMware has different variety of pro product across the uh, different stack. So that's why we, we see a different API interface across our product. Now, what Power CLI does is it basically abstract all of these APIs and provide you a very simple and unified interface to interact with. So for example, if you consume something like GetVM, GetVM is basically a very high level CMD let which basically lists the uh, virtual machine which are basically running on either ESXi host or available in, in your vSphere environment. Uh, behind the scene, uh, it is basically invoking the uh, SOAP APIs. Uh, if you consider something like get CIS service, uh, it's a different API interface which extracts the information from the JSON RPC. And similarly, uh, if you go into the uh, developer view, which is basically available in the uh, vSphere client, you can basically access the REST APIs. Um, so the point is, if you are using Power CLI, you don't really need to worry about what APIs you are using, what are the complexities in terms of using these particular APIs. Power CLI makes uh, this particular implementation very easy for you. So it doesn't really matter whether you know SOAP API, whether you know REST, whether you know JSON RPC, but the overall presentation of your automation or, or your CMDLet is very uniform across, across the environment. So that's one aspect where you know Power CLI has its value proposition. Now with this particular release, what we have done is, historically we already had the API bindings for SOAP. So for example, for SOAP, the API binding is GetView. So when you execute GetView, it basically invoked the SOAP API binding. Uh, for JSON RPC, we had something like GetCIS service. So when you invoke GetCIS service, that's basically the JSON RPC implementation. What we have done and delivered with PowerCLI 12.4 is the new API binding which is compliant with the REST APIs. So when you go into the vSphere client, when you go into the developer center, and when you check the APIs, the APIs that you see in the developer center in the vSphere client are the So invoking these particular REST API via PowerCLI has made simple in a single liner PowerCLI function. So how it works. Uh, if you know REST API, uh, you know that you have to use any REST API client. It can be Postman, it can be PowerCLI, it can be any tool that can invoke the REST API. Uh, some of the artifacts that you need in, in order to invoke the REST API is basically, you need the method, you need the URI, and then you need the payload, which basically works as the input. And then when you, once you execute that particular API, it basically returns you the output of that particular API. Now, if anybody who is experienced in PowerShell, they know that they basically need to create the payload, they need to create the authorization with the security tokens, and then they need to use the invoke REST method or invoke web method to basically invoke the REST API. This is basically five or six line of code that you minimum, you are minimum required to execute. What we have done is we have simplified this particular execution and created a high-level PowerCLI function, which can directly invoke the REST API once you are connected to the vCenter server. So to connect to the vCenter server, connect-vi server is the CMD let that everybody use. And once you are connected, you just need to invoke those low-level PowerCLI function directly without requiring you to use the native PowerShell function to invoke the REST API. So what we have done is we have simplified this API binding with the PowerCLI so that you no longer need to you know, use all of these complex methods to basically invoke a REST, REST API. So that, that's what we, we did. And once we have these API bindings, uh, we have got pretty much good coverage on all the API 
uh, interfaces that we have within our products. So that's what we have delivered with uh, with 12.4. So 5.4, you know, the REST API consolidation of the initialization is what I'm hearing, right? You, you've consolidated the initialization process from X number of lines down to just one call that once you've done the initial setup, you can then just do that call. When you're using the REST API, do you have to do that initialization every time I used to do a REST call? Or is it just one time in the beginning of your of your code? So a few things. Uh, first thing is, first of all, it is very important to understand that these API bindings are auto-generated. Um, and, and it is very important to highlight this particular aspect. I, I will come on to the initialization part, but it's very important to understand how these Power, Power CLI API bindings are working behind the scene. So when we say auto-generated, it means that, let's say in, in next vSphere feature, uh, we may have five or 10 APIs which got introduced. Uh, you, you, no, nobody needs to basically write these low-level power CLI function. They will be introduced then and there itself because these are the auto-generated API bindings from the open API generator. Right, so, okay. So there are two parts uh, in the REST API. The first thing is your method, right? Uh, get, post, put. All of these are basically method basically means that what action you want to take against that particular object, right? And to initiate that particular method, you need to basically pass certain inputs to that particular uh, method or, or that particular REST API. Uh, for, for example, if you want to create a VM, uh, then your input can be virtual machine name, CPU, RAM, and things of those nature. So to initialize the input, or, or, or just to say to initialize the payload, we have got a low-level power CLI function, which basically abstract the input parameters into the initialized function. And once you have this particular initialization, you can pass this particular initialization to another CMDLet, which is basically invoke REST method or, or invoke, let's say, list VM. Uh, with this, what you have is for input, you have initialize. And for invoking those particular method, you have the invoke function built into the power CLI. So this is how we have simplified the API bindings. Right. I was just uh, I just copied some of that code that you have in your blog because you do cover that initialization in your blog article. So I just put that in the chat for people that want to go look yep. uh, V Barbecue uh, on YouTube. You can go look at the chat and see what we're talking about there or go to the blog article, blogs.vmware.com slash power CLI. You've got that initial code there, right? So uh, what my question was, okay, so it's automated. Then once I'm in my PowerShell, that's set up. I don't have to do that ever. I, I don't have to do that again, right? Do I? Uh, I can then just no. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, initialization is is very similar to handling the input uh, request in in any CLI interface. So, for example, uh, if you want to list a virtual machine with a specific name, you have to provide a virtual machine name, and that becomes your input. Uh, now, if you talk in terms of REST API, that becomes your payload, right? So if you want to pass certain inputs, if you want to pass certain value to your REST API, then you can use initialize method and that can basically work as the input parameter and you can basically take that particular input and pass that particular uh, input parameter to invoke a function which can essentially invoke the REST API. Nice. Okay, good. All right. So that explains that. So, uh, and you can go to the blog, take a look at that and go get the documentation. You mentioned there's obviously new documentation as well. Uh, anything to cover there? Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing which is very important for us, and uh, we have uh, keep reminding our community members about this. Uh, if you look at, we have a new interface, which is developer.vmware.com. Uh, this is the new home for code.vmware.com as well. Yep. Uh, so if you go there and if you go to developer.vmware.com slash API, uh, that's where you can understand all the API interfaces that exist uh, in, in our product family. And similarly, we are talking about the REST API. So if you go into the REST API documentation, uh, along with the REST API example, now you have the Power CLI example then and there itself. So what you can do is you can go to the REST API. Uh, if you want to, let's say, execute the Power CLI code, you can directly uh, look at the example, copy that particular example, and directly hit that particular um, uh, code into your CLI. Uh, so uh, this is a new addition that you will be experiencing with our documentation. Initially, it was only the uh, the curl method that, that were documented into how to use those particular API using curl, but now you have got the Power CLI 
uh, example as well, which demonstrate how to use these particular APIs in Power CI. Right. And it looks like you have a, a, a screen capture here where you're going through and you're actually going out to uh, developer.vmware.com, going into the, you know, the, the site and pulling some code, dropping them in. So again, go to the blog and check that out. That's kind of gives you a nice little demo there yeah. uh, of a screenshot that goes there. Uh, what else do we have in this release? Um, as I've said, we didn't have much in terms of the high-level CMDLet except for the certificate management CMDLet. Uh, this was again uh, a request that we keep getting from our customers and uh, and community members. So we have released a new uh, PowerCLI module, which is uh, PowerCLI.vCenter. Uh, and, and I will explain uh, this particular module in detail. But what this module covers is the uh, high-level PowerCLI CMDLet to cover some of the functionalities uh, that 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 are related to the certificate management. Um, this particular module is basically consuming the new API binding that we have introduced with um, with PowerCLI 12.4, and and it is very important to understand that you know the way we create PowerCLI CMDLet is either we use uh, some of the API interfaces like SOAP, JSON, RPC, or or REST, or we use our uh, proprietary SDKs. But this specific module is purely built into the PowerShell native. Uh, what it means that we are not using any SDK, so it means that you can basically go in, into that particular module and understand me. Uh, the details about how that particular module is being created, and, and it's purely written in, in the PowerShell. Uh, and, and it's using the new API binding that we have introduced. But yeah, uh, when it comes to the functionality, uh, whatever you can think about certificate management, now you can uh, invoke those particular actions using PowerCI. Nice. So, sir, a certificate, and I see in the blog, add a VIT, tr VI trusted certificate, VI trusted get certificate. Uh, VI machine certificate, get VI trusted. Yeah. So you have them listed there, uh, and then uh, other other improvements, upsizing VMC, SDDC, other ones. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are minor improvements in some of the VMC and vSAN uh, space. I don't exactly recall these minor improvements. Right. But sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, as always, with every PowerCLI release, we keep releasing these minor updates as well. Right, sure, of course. And then uh, we got to say new PowerCLI logo, right? So yeah. uh, we get a we get a new logo out of the thing. I thought people love the old PowerCLI logo. They're just they're just making us upgrade, aren't they? Like the the old one was like at the black with the green had a monitor in it, and now I look at the new one and it's a, at least it has a prompt with a with a cursor, right? So you do got the yeah. you do have a prompt and a cursor, right? Yeah. Well. I have also liked the old logo that that's like whenever somebody says power select, then a black prompt with some of the green uh, right. boxes around right. it. That, that's the picture that comes around me, uh, around it. Uh, but yeah, the new logo is basically uh, has to adhere to the new brand compliance that we have within VMware. So as you know, uh, we keep revamping our logo. We keep revamping our brand guidelines. So yeah, it, it's just following the new brand guideline, which basically says that now it is uh, capable of supporting some of the VMware cloud functionality as well. So it's it's no oh, right, longer right, just right, an right. on-prem CLI. Yeah, right. There is a there's a cloud icon behind the cursor icon. I got yes. that. I didn't understand that before. I'm a big terminal green black. You know, I'm typing on my green yeah. black terminal. I still use VI. I still you know I still run yeah. a lot of shell stuff. And so it's like, yeah, what what yes. happened to the logo? But I got it now. Like there's cloud behind it, right? And uh, and certainly controlling cloud infrastructure with power. Power CLI is, you know, becoming, you know, what people are doing, right? So it's a, and I, I look at Kubernetes now, and I see that, you know, people are now using Power CLI to to in, engage and kick things off at, at Kubernetes yeah. workloads. So uh, certainly uh, the cloud logo portion of it, I get right. There is something funny in that uh, the old school guys uh, have, you know. The old logos that we've fallen in love with, and then there's the brand police that just drop in from parachutes, and they go, "Okay, you're going to have to create a new brand." Brand. This is, the, and they use brand compliance as like, and I want to say like, "No, we've had this logo for basically 15 years. You exactly. need to be compliant with us, not we need to be compliant with you." 
but uh, we don't get a choice in the matter very very often. So it's it's a, a hard thing. To such a degree, I'll just give you guys some insight in this. Like if you go to have a sticker made, right, uh, and you need mm-hmm. to you know, make uh, 10,000 stickers or something like that, you have to, you know, cut a PO to a vendor, right? You know, you can't can't expense it on your travel expense credit card. They don't let you do that. They want to prove it. You have to go do a PO with a vendor. And they only have like three vendors approved in the system to get stickers made, right? Like a sticker mule and Brandvia and a couple others, right? Like, um, and they have gone to the... anybody the sticker vendors the bumper sticker vendors the t-shirt makers and they've said you're not allowed to make vmware t-shirts or stickers unless brand has approved the artwork yes (laughs) so you can't actually go unless so i've actually had i put things on my credit card paper myself right and just eat it right you know because i want some (laughs) stickers and you can get stickers for 500 bucks that's not the end of the world you know i I get paid pretty good money so once in a while we'll just go behind the back door but boy if they catch you doing that you know they'll yell at you right because you're making yeah (laughs) but you you have to like just throw them on the blogger tables at vmworld and just kind of have them out there and we don't know where they came from oh the community built those did those stickers we didn't do those stickers we didn't do that um so it is an interesting thing. I'm sure that the power, um, the power CLI logo, the old one, will be around for a long time, right? So uh, you know, don't don't yeah. fret too much. But but the new one looks very clouded. It is a good point to talk about. You know, the fact that uh, power CLI does now control cloud workloads, and that you know we're we're modernizing what we control at the same time. It's not just all on-prem automation. It's now that and. Exactly. It's good that you called out in in when you, when we talked. You talked a little bit about developer versus admin, right? And we we have the code program, which is about code. But we really have to tell people like, well, they always ask us, what's the different difference between code and you know doing developers working directly with developers? I'm like, well, admins really need to to learn how to be developers. And many of them are, many of them write plenty of power, uh, power CLI code, right? And there's control structure in that code. And so you're a coder, right? But you're not what we would call a traditional developer. Although I think that we should blur that definition to where anybody that sits at a keyboard now and then can type keys can be a developer, right? Whatever that means right you're developing documents you're develop what does developer actually mean i get a little high level obscure there but i think that it's to the point of you know if you're writing any kind of code that's instructional then you're kind of a developer you might be not be developing a mobile app on your you know on your iphone or android but you're you're writing code and therefore developer.vmware.com which Good call out. We've just decided to use the developer developer brand name for the code project and all the stuff. So the code website just you know landed at developer.vmware.com. It's the it's the same um, it's the same site, uh, same stuff. Sample exchanges there, all the stuff that you're used to going to to see. But now this allows us to plug in some of the other stuff, like the Kubernetes stuff, stuff that's focused on developer can also land in there, right? Where the code program was really data center automation. It is the you know the million data center IT you know uh, influencers that come here uh they're the ones that are using that site but now because we have developer we can expand that into you know the pivotal stuff where we are talking to real developers so we'll have both developers and you know our it uh infrastructure admins there as well yeah Yeah. just where i think i'm hearing an echo oh you're getting an an echo yeah Uh, no no it's good okay interesting Okay, yeah. Just to add uh, to this particular conversation, I think um, if, if I consider myself, uh, I'm a big fan of writing scripts and then you know compiling those particular scripts in a different function. It it just helps me out, uh, you know, modifying the script or, or troubleshooting that X Y Z script. But there are other system administrators uh, which which don't really use things like class and object functions. And and all those high level you know programming constructs depends uh, which way you would like to you know script your automation uh, solutions. Uh, but yeah, as you have rightly said, if you are writing 
bunch of line of code you are certainly categorized into that coder category but yeah uh, nobody stops you to be uh, be a developer if if you want to be so yeah right. th th that's where that uh, thin line uh, remains so if you want to go download the latest release, uh, where do I go again? I just go to uh, vmware.com slash what? Where do I go? Vmware.com. Uh, for a blog? For, no, for the for to go get the latest release of PowerShell or PowerCLI. Okay. So for that, uh, if, if, you are, if, if you want to do the online installation, you can simply um, use the update module cmdelete which is then and there itself within powershell and you can use update module uh, slash vmware.powercli it will download the latest and greatest bits that are available for powercli how it does how it's done is basically it, it reaches out to powershell gallery and from there it basically downloads the required bits to run the powercli um, earlier we used to had uh, these particular bits available in the zip format as well on code.vmware.com i think these are still available but yeah uh, you can always reach out to powershell gallery you can either choose to do the online installation or you can do the offline installation so uh, it's the powershell gallery where we uh, basically deploy our power cli code okay great so just invoke that it'll update itself and you yeah. have the, the new release no problem right and if you yeah. want you or you can go to developer.vmware.com with the old code.vmware.com and go look for it it's published in there somewhere yes all right uh as we come up to the top of the or the bottom of the hour here because we're doing this at an odd time but i'll just say the top of the hour bottom of the hour um I always ask people, where do we think we're going? Uh, how often are we going to be seeing releases coming out? We, you know, we're because we're in this cloud space now. You have auto update. Um, how, what's what's your cadence for doing new releases? Um, that's kind of a challenge, uh, existing challenge on on our side, where you know we release once in a while for let's say three to four month period, and then we have a new Power CLI release available. Uh, what we are trying to basically do is, can we can we provide regular uh, updates on on Power CLI uh, on on a very frequent basis? Because let's say even if you have a small bug which can be fixed, let's say probably in a couple of days, you have to wait for the next release to basically uh, you know release that particular bug fix. So that's that's one challenge that I, I think our team is trying to figure out how frequent and uh, what's the best way to uh, you know, release PowerCLI so that we can deliver our features and, you know, improvements uh, more faster. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, you can always expect anything between three to four months, uh, you can expect a major PowerCLI release. Yeah, so pretty quick, pretty quick, right, these days. All right, good. And then uh, coming uh, in, we always ask, like, so what... What do you? What excites you? I know you're moving on to a new role. Uh, who's taking over your role with regards to management of uh, Power CLI uh, or you know tech marketing management of Power is, CLI? What's it? It is a still work in progress. Uh, we don't really have any specific uh, name as, as of now. But yeah, until then, I will be continuing Continue doing work what I'm it. doing right, right now with Power CLI. So yeah, it, it's been taken care. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing that that I would like to highlight is uh, because uh, we have released these new API bindings for vSphere, and these are following the Open API specification. Um, there are requests and there are possibilities that we will release the new API bindings for the other products as well. So, for example, some of our other products like vRealize, NSX, uh, does have the REST APIs and, and Open API specification. And as this is basically an and auto-generated API bindings, we have a process through which, you know, we generate these API bindings. So you can expect some of the new API bindings uh, on the similar line for the other products as well. So that's one area that, that our team is, is actively working on. And as always, yeah, just look out for the high-level CMDLet across the uh, VMware product uh, ecosystem. So th these are some of the areas that, you know, team is currently working on. Nice, nice. And then finally, uh, we we will do the. So, what 
excites you about going into your new role, right? Because I know you've got a new role. Uh, you, did you choose this new role or did you get moved into the new role? And, uh, and, and what excites you about what you're going to get to do in 2022? Yeah, I think um, the one thing that uh, excites me is like your ability to choose your destination for running your workloads, right? Uh, it can be on-prem, it can be on any of the public cloud that that we have the offerings now, and it just gives you the flexibility in terms of you know uh, scaling your infrastructure or solving some of the security and DR related scenarios, right? Uh, for example, we have VMC on AWS, which has uh, it's its own uh, features and it's its own uh, coverage. Uh, if if you let's say have an immediate requirement for a data center expansion you can certainly request for an SDDC in the VMC on AWS, and it can quickly scale up, scale down, depending on, on the use case that you have. Um, the Another area that I'm very much interested in is, is in the application modernization. Uh, the cloud native is, is a growing space. Uh, VMs are just one, one of the workload. Uh, there are other workloads which are basically container and Kubernetes based, and you can always pick and choose the destination depending on what suits you, uh, and, and sure. then you can run these particular workloads uh, in a hybrid environment. You can have some of the workloads in on-prem and then some of the workloads in, in the cloud cloud native space or, or in some of the public cloud. So I think these are some of the areas that I'm actively looking for, and I'm, I'm more keen on learning uh, this particular space uh, as we as we move on. Yeah, we did uh, a, a holiday special where we did 12 days of holiday. You know, it's the off the old song, 12 days of Christmas. But uh, being, you know, uh, neutral on holiday specific terms, uh, 12 days of holidays where we took you through 12 things to go learn about Kubernetes. Right. And it started with just learning what yeah. it is. And we gave you a blog article. Corey did the blog article that take you through 12 really cool learning things from doing your home lab to then, you know, managing workload. Uh, so if you made it through all 12 steps, you would, you know, have, have gotten to where you were understanding, you know, Kubernetes much more than you did when you started, uh, which I think is everybody's IT admins kind of goal over the next year. If, you know, and then this has been going on for like three years now where people are learning Kubernetes. It's embedded in vSphere. You know, you can have a home lab, you can do it. You can go take a HOLs, you can learn it there. Uh, and then learning how you know it truly does support multi-cloud, right? And being able to select what cloud you're running on for a particular service because the cloud vendors, they're trying to set themselves up as specialty service offerings, right, for... Yeah certain pieces of your 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 infrastructure so you can imagine that oracle cloud probably does pretty well at databases and and also <laughs> peoplesoft and some other stuff they own right that they're they're building cloud services that do really well at allowing you to build custom applications that would help your enterprise you know using their cloud services <laughs> yet you're not going to migrate your whole data center to oracle cloud therefore you're going to have some workloads running in oracle and then if you look at Azure, they're doing great at Exchange and mail servers and all the other things <laughs> that they host. And so you, as an architect or as an IT guy, you're you're looking at selecting these services based on, you know, the, the vendor software capabilities that give your enterprise the most bang for a buck. And then you're needing to manage all this and then uh, let alone run it all and keep it all running. So it's a, it's a challenging space. I can see where you'd want to go over yep. there and learn how all this works. And, you know, if you look at where VMware is going, we really want to be the true multi-cloud vendor, right? Yes, exactly. Well, that that should. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Just one one last comment on this. I think uh, for system administrator, if you uh, consider your time uh, in in your system administration days, um, there are some times you know when you really needed that extra bit of uh, you know capacity or, or 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 a space where you can run or migrate the workload. On, on an immediate basis, I think multi-cloud is, is the solution for you. I still remember when we did the data center relocation, we actually had to shut down one of the data center for 48 hours just because we didn't, didn't really had any capability to migrate those particular workloads to the, uh, to the other destination. So I think some of these use cases are, are certainly 
complementing the current business requirement and of course there are some of some of the requirements where you are required to keep that particular data uh, at at this specific region or at, at a specific location so in that particular case rather than building a new data center you can always opt for any cloud provider which has got the coverage uh, in those, those particular locality okay. so i think yeah pretty much a very wide variety of use cases that exist in front of us there is more of a flexibility it just you need to decide what use case you want to pick and how you would like to proceed further in the multi cloud space Chatan Perohit, um are you on twitter yes i am on twitter uh, why don't we do a shout out of where people can follow you? What's your handle? Yeah, it is uh, at the rate Jatin Purohit 92. Let me quickly share this in the chat. Uh, awesome. So at J A T I N P U R O H I T 92. Yes. Perfect. There you go. Well, that's good. Everybody reach out, give him a follow. Uh, Jatin, thanks a lot for uh, coming on the show and uh, being here. I uh, appreciate you staying up late. Uh, welcome to 2022. We always ask at the end because we are at vbarbecue, youtube.com slash vbarbecue. Uh, if you want to see what he looks like and you, you want to see what I look like, you can go there and watch the videos that we have. We're trying to re reorganize that channel a little bit so you can find the ones that we just published. Um, we talk barbecue now. So in India, uh, do you guys do any barbecue? And if so, what's your favorite barbecue? Um, it's not very uh, famous in India. I mean, the, the place where, where I live, it's, it's not that very common. Uh, but yeah, there are some places in India, which is like in the northern part of the world or probably in the northeast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people do uh, tend to do the barbecue parties and things of those nature. So yeah, right. it, it's quite diverse when it comes to the food, culture. Right. It, it really varies from you know place to place. Well, we've been doing Korean barbecue, which basically is like an upside down walk that goes on a fire on a on a on a, a you know a, a grill, and then you just put the meat on it. Do you guys do any of that kind of you know? That's not what I would call traditional U.S. barbecue, but do you guys do any kind of saucy meat? frying because i would classify anything where you take meat put a sauce on it and then cook it as a barbecue i have seen other people doing it but uh, I, i'm i'm the wrong person to answer this particular question because i am a vegetarian i, I don't really uh, eat any of these stuff but yeah there are other folks who, who do does, you barbecue uh, vegetables how do you cook your vegetables <laughs> i'm yeah, not letting you uh, off the hook <laughs> So yeah, th there are different uh, ways. You know, we prepare uh, probably vegetable boiling, uh, probably stirring it. There are some some different ways. Again, it depends right. on what kind of meat. You're you far far away from Texas barbecue. I would say that's a yes. It's a very yes. very yes. when you say boiling, like we go, oh no, really? No, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. All right, Jatin. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show. Thanks a lot for managing the Power CLI stuff and uh, looking forward to cloud stuff over the next year as you, as you work through that. And uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. And once again, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.